Hello, thanks for tuning in. Praise the Lord. God has been so good to us and so many great things are happening in the midst of this ongoing, seemingly ongoing storm that we are in the midst of. But God is merciful. God is just. God is right. God is holy. Everything he does is good. And the Lord has just been opening up so many good things to us and showing us so many good things. I wanted to just give you guys all a shout out because um, I was looking at our stats earlier and we're over a thousand. I don't remember the number I didn't write down, but we're over a thousand listens. So that's a pretty big deal because I don't, um, we don't publish this or we haven't published this on Facebook. I think one person might have, but um, we don't, you know, put it out there for the whole world to, to see and hear. It's just um, available. And um, yes, you may share it if you'd like. Um, I just, I thank God. I thank God for what he's doing and how his word is going out. He said that our ways are not his ways. So shall his word be that goes forth from his mouth that shall not return to him void, but it shall accomplish what he pleases and it shall prosper in the thing for which he sent it. That's um my paraphrase, I guess, from Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 11. Go read it for yourself. He said his word will not go out void. Praise God. So if we're preaching in the spirit and we're preaching under the power and anointing of God, it will not go out void. It will do what he has sent it forth to do. So I praise God for for that, for his spirit, for his presence, for his goodness and his mercy this morning. I thank God for moving in your lives, for he is the way maker, the miracle worker, like the song says, he's all those things. But, but have you ever thought about this, that if you were just to, you know, he invites us to enter in. He invites us to come up higher. He invites us to come into his presence without fear. He invites us to come boldly before the throne of grace because he has made a way through the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus gave his life as an atonement, as a propitiation for us he gave his life for us that we could enter in that veil that curtain that was between the holy of holies and and the outer courts that veil was rent that veil was torn from the top to the bottom so that we here in 2020 could enter into the presence of the almighty god almighty god without fear do we realize that if you were just to put your toes across that line that you are changed, even if it's just five minutes, you are changed. The longer you tarry, the longer you come into his presence, the more you're there, the more you are changed from glory to glory, more into his likeness and image, more like him, more peace, more joy, more power, more everything that God is becomes more of who you are. You don't just don't take that for granted. Amen. Don't take that for granted. So this morning, we are going to jump into what God is showing us for this week, what he has given me for our listeners and for our church here at Blue Water. So if you will, I'll turn to, um, we're going to be in several different places. The first place I want to read from is Daniel chapter 5 and verse 28. So go ahead and start turning for Daniel. And uh, Daniel is a prophet. It's... Um, Right after the book of Ezekiel is the book of Daniel. And so it's in my King James older 1970-something uh, Bible I have here in my hand. It's closer to the end of the Bible 
closer to you know to the toward the New Testament. It's closer to toward the New Testament um, after um, the middle of your Bible. I guess you should say that. So it's before, let's say, um, Hosea and after Ezekiel. And um, I'm just giving you a chance to turn there. And we're going to be in Daniel chapter five, verse twenty-eight. Daniel chapter 5, verse 28. Thank you, Lord. So um, just kind of hold it right there for a second. So as we're looking at that scripture, or before we look at that scripture, I have to give you some uh, background here, a little backstory for how, how we got here and why we're in the scripture this morning. Um, that hmm, a couple of days ago, as I was praying and seeking the Lord, um, I had a... I call them mini visions because they're not long and drawn out. It's just a short little vision that he gave me. And in that I saw a sentence and it was written just like this, the, like this, um, the words are written in my Bible, the same print, the same paper, that same type, you know, biblical <laughs> print. And it was even written in King James language, so to speak. And so what it said was, hath God been, Perez. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that with the right, you know, accents and the right, but that's the way um, I understand it, Perez. And it's spelled P-E-R-E-Z. And um, in my um, vision, it actually had a different print on that, you know, how it's kind of um, mm, italicized or written in a little bit different um, font. The font was different on that one word, Perez. And so I began to search the scripture and began, you know, of course, I began to pray, Lord, what does this mean? What does it mean? Have you ever, or have you been Perez? And so let's look at that sentence for just a minute. Hath is a question. Has, has God. Who is God? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, all three in one. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is the God who gave his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, um, who laid down his sinless life for us that we might be saved to give us that opportunity to be saved that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life so we have that opportunity through Christ Jesus by God's will and God's purpose and God's plan God is God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Ghost God is holy God is righteous and God is just everything he does is perfect and good we may not always see the goodness in the moment but if you'll stand back and watch and wait on the Lord you will see his goodness come forth you will see his plan begin to unfold and so here we see has God been so been would be past tense up all the way up to this very moment as long as you've known God as long as God has ever been <laughs> and so we know God is everlasting so looking at God's name again God is everlasting he is the everlasting father he is um, Jehovah God he is the God that provides the God that heals the God that the creator of everything that ever was created he is so I don't know if some of you might remember that poster that had all the names of or I don't know if it had all the names but the names of God on it and all the things that he is and all the things that he has been and, and forever will be God is um, He's with us and he's omnipotent. He knows everything. He sees everything. He is everywhere. There's, he's all powerful. There's nothing. There's nothing that God cannot do. So this God 
our God, who is from everlasting to everlasting, he always has been and always will be. Has he been, he said, has God been Perez? Perez means, um, let's look at this. Look at uh, Daniel 5.28, because I'm going to give you a biblical definition here. So from uh, Daniel 5.28, I want to start, though, of course. Let's see. This is where Daniel is um, called into the king's court, if you will, to interpret the handwriting on the wall. Now, if you'll remember, um, he was summoned or called to the king because here... Belshazzar had been uh, partying and they were throwing a big party and they were drinking and they were you know involved in all sorts of debauchery and and um, giving of gifts and all these things and and here they took the um, they had overthrown the temple or taken things out of the temple of God they had taken things out of the temple of God and they had these the um, the chalices those you know beautiful um, vessels that they would you know to drink out of and to pour out the offerings with and things that had been dedicated and and fashioned and put together and hammered and nailed and melt all those things that had been put together for intently purposely set apart sanctified for the worship of our God the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob the thing they, these things were taken out of his temple where he said put them there, use them for this. God said that. And here this king came along and he said, "Woohoo! We 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 did this and we we um we took these things and and we we're going to have a party and let's um let's do this." So I'm trying to keep from reading you know, a whole lot of scripture. So I just want to give you this idea. So as we go down and we begin to see where he brought um Daniel in. Why did he bring Daniel in? What happened? Well, this hand appeared in the middle of this party right up behind him. Um, there was a candle burning. The light was burning. And so they could see this hand appear up above it. And it began to write on the wall. And it wrote on the wall these words in the uh, Chaldean language. And um, I'm going to try to read it for you, but I'm probably not going to pronounce it right. So if anybody's out there, Bible scholars that are well-learned in speaking um, Chaldean or Chaldean, whichever way you want to pronounce it, in my opinion, um, it, it, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll go ahead and apologize for my mispronunciations. But he says, um, it says, many, many tekel eupharsin. This is the interpretation. I'm in verse 26 now. This is the interpretation of the thing. Mini means God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. In other words, the Lord's, you know, the Lord is passing judgment. He's telling Belshazzar what's coming down for the way that he has um, acted and the things that he has done. Verse 27. Tekil, thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. God has balanced, weighed things out and looked at things and he found that you are, that, that he was not um, upright, that, that, that things were not balanced in the eyes of God, that, that he did not have what God was looking for. Amen? Okay. So, in verse 28, you see that word, Perez. Thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persian. So the word here, and I went and looked it up and backed up my understanding of it. The word Perez means to divide, to split, to separate, or to breach. 
So when we look at this word, here we find that, that Belshazzar's kingdom had been found, weighed in the balance and found wanting, that God has cut it off, cut off his kingdom, cut off the um, Belshazzar's kingdom. It will be destroyed and divided and broken in half and given to the Medes and to the Persians. So God um, took Belshazzar's kingdom he broke it in half, so to speak, divided it, and gave half to the Medes and half to the Persians. So he, he broke it up and then commanded Belshazzar as they clothed Daniel with scarlet and put a chain of gold about his neck and made proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom, that is Daniel. And in verse 30, that very night, Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, was slain. He was killed that very night. So when God spoke that judgment, he died. <clears throat> and we're not going to get into that today because what God is saying is, have I ever been, has God himself ever been divided? Has he ever been double-minded? Has he ever been split or separated or breached? No. Our, I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out. Our God is not divided. Our God is not split or separated. He is not breached. He is always true. There's no shadow of turning in him. He always has been. He always will be. He is just. He is upright to the fullest extent of these words. He is upright. He is holy to the fullest extent that of holiness. He is the very essence of and everything he does is holy. Uh, he cannot be and will not be divided. He will not be split. He will not be separated. Man has tried. Humanity has tried to do these things, have tried to twist and, and, um, and even split God and try to make him into a God that they want him to be, to try to manipulate the word of God, to try to manipulate things to make him who they want him to be. But that is not God's will. That is not how it is. That is not what God will receive. He will not receive a sacrifice like that. He will not receive an offering like that. He will only receive what he requires and what he puts forth. He has his own, if you will, prescription for how things are to be done. And if we don't follow God's plan the way that he prescribes it, then it is not acceptable. Wow. Jesus said there is only one way. There is only one way. If you climb up any other way, then you're a thief and a robber. You can only come in the sheepfold and become a sheep or a lamb, a, a, a sheep of God's kingdom, a person in God's kingdom. If you come through the sheepfold, that is Jesus Christ. He is the only way, the only truth, and the only life in God is through Christ Jesus. The only way for us to communicate with God Almighty. And I don't care what else you see, what else you hear, what else you read. Books are big these days. I mean, everywhere you look, and we have people have um, books on their phones. They have books on their tablets. They have books on their computers. They, have, you know, some of us really like to hold a a written book in our hands. You have this books everywhere. You go on. I'm just gonna make this up. Books.com, and there, there's you know all these books you can look up, and all these things that fall under Christianity. And not everything that falls under the label or genre of Christianity is Christian. The word Christian means to be Christ-like. That means to be like Christ, not similar to, like you might say, well, you know what, that, um, let me, let me think for a second. 
that little daisy looks like a sunflower. The daisy is not a sunflower and the sunflower is not a daisy. Somebody might call me on this. <laughs> but the point is that in the in God's kingdom, he is the only way. Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. And you cannot take Jesus' name and stamp it on something and make it just and holy. You cannot take Jesus' name and the gospel and, and sandwich it between existentialism and make it Christian. You cannot take spiritualism and put Christ in it and say, well, Christ is at the center and make it Christian, that it does not work. There is only one way. You cannot take things of this world and things of the occult. You cannot take, Lord Jesus, you cannot take things from, help me, Father, God. You cannot take things from the occult and bring them into the house of God, into your temple Know you not that you are the temple of the living God. Your intention, God's intention for your life is that you be a dwelling place for his spirit, the Holy Ghost. Don't you know that when you were before you were formed, before the very foundations of the earth, was it Psalm 46, before the mountains were formed, before this earth was formed, God had a perfect and good plan, Jeremiah 29, 11, that he saw you and he knows you and he has a plan for you that surpasses anything that you can think or ask. He has a plan for your life that no one, no one has the authority to take it and make it their own. No human has the authority. Jesus Christ himself laid down his life to the Father. He gave his life that you might be born again. He, the Bible says it was the joy that was set before him. He knowingly and willingly gave his life. He only did 33 years on this, this, this planet, walking as a man, as a human, in this filthy place, and leaving the glory of heaven. He came and he lived as a human on this earth, born of the Virgin Mary, just like every single one of us is born, not from virgins, but we're all born from a, from a woman and we're all brought forth from a woman's womb. And here Jesus came and left the glory of heaven to enter into this earth like that so that we could, so that he could walk and talk and learn to crawl, learn to walk, learn to eat. His mama had to wipe the drool from his mouth. He, had, She had to teach him manners, you know, things like that. But no one, Jesus Christ himself did not even dare to say, God, I'm doing it my way. I'm here now. You know what? I'm Jesus Christ and I'm going to do it like this. No, he said from his own mouth what he did and what he spoke was what he heard Father God speak in his ear. He was obedient to the will and to the voice of God Almighty. He did not waver. He was perfect and spotless. All right. So that being said, we have to understand that God is saying, I am not 
divided. I am not to be divided. I am not split. I am not to be split. I am not separated. Do not separate me. Do not try to shape me and form me into your likeness and image. Do not try to shape me and form me into the image of a false God. Do not try to make me human. Do not try to put your stuff your ideas into my head because he's God. You can't put your ideas in his head. Amen. He will not be like that. There's another, a person in the Bible named, named Perez. And the reason he was named Perez was because at birth he was breached. He was a breech baby. And so when a, a baby is breached and you didn't have surgeons, you didn't have the general hospital to go to, you didn't have all this fancy schmancy stuff. He had a breech baby. That baby often, and this baby came breached, and I guess he maybe he came fast. And so when he breached, there was there was damage done, so to speak. And so I'm, I'm trying not to get too graphic. So, but so that word breach meant that he came. He wasn't. Babies are supposed to come head first. He didn't get to come the way come out the way he should come out. And so and he was sideways. And so that caused a lot of pain, a lot of anguish, and a lot of um physical damage. And so when you think about that, God says, I'm not breached. God does not come like that. Now Jesus said that he came to set up uh, some of you, my Bible scholars are thinking yes, but Jesus said he came to um set household against household right the brother against brother you know but it also says that he came to repair and to return the hearts of the 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 father back to the sons right and and so he comes to he's he is a repairer the bible says he is a repairer of the breach he repairs the breaches he repairs our wounds he he heals our wounds the scripture tells us in isaiah he is our healer so god is not the opposite of that his essence his his purpose and his plan has never been to destroy to he it hurts him if someone has to what he had to do here with belshazzar that was not um his intent for Belshazzar's life. You know, that's not what he what he wanted to have to do, but because Belshazzar chose to be um like he was and he chose to be rebellious and kind of um the scripture actually uses the terminology somewhere to that they kind of like um thumb their noses at God um in Ezekiel that those things are your you're basically that kind of rebellion is begging for judgment, begging to be reprimanded, begging for, it calls for judgment, it calls for punishment. So that's what they, they sought that because they knew better and they chose to adulterate the, the God's plan and, and overthrow what God had intended for them. So I hope y'all, I hope y'all are following me with this. So in God is not Perez. God is not divided. I'm going to just give you a couple of examples and then we're going to go to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1. So when you think about the word or the root word, P-E-R, per, like in Perez, um, I, I was doing like a word search and looking through this and I, I came to this uh, scripture in, in Mark 3.24. We're going to read that in a minute too if you want to go ahead and mark it while I'm talking. And I don't want you to be distracted. Okay, so don't get distracted. But in... um. 
Mark 24, he says, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. And who is he talking to? He's talking to the Pharisees. We're going to come to that in a minute. But the word Pharisee means separated. The the Pharisees were separatists. They and so that Pharaoh is a root word of Perez. It has the same type word wording there, the same meaning. P H A R as in P E R. And so it means it means to be separated. And so the Pharisees considered to themselves to be separated. They thought themselves to be more holy than others. And they they themselves set this up. sink in for a second they themselves set up their their way their government and the way that they were doing things um and became called pharisees and they were separatists they they chose to separate themselves and then when you um look into that you know yes god said come out from among them and be a separated people he's telling us to come out from the world come out from the things that are not godly then come out from the unholy things and be separated for his service and for his purpose but the pharisees became an elitist group where they thought themselves to be better than all other humans and they thought themselves to be better than even their brothers and sisters in the in 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 their religion so to speak so uh, and and then in that, when I was looking at the word um, separatist and being separated, the word sepulcher means like a room that is separated off for burial, for burial purposes. It's a, a room or a cave that is separated, a room um, dug out in the stone or the rocks of, the, of a cliff or something like that to be a place of burial. And so it's a separated place. All of these words that, that the Lord led me to during the study are words that are are have a, a kind of a negative feel about them, a negative connotation. So when you think about um, a Pharisee being a separatist, that's not a good sep- uh, a good way to be separated. You don't want to be a Pharisee. You don't want to be in, walking in those shoes. Um, we certainly don't want to find ourselves separated into a sepulcher that is set apart for burial. We don't. We're not. We're not in that type of thing. Yes, we're we're to be dead with Christ, but not dead spiritually. We're not we're not to die like that. We're to be resurrected with Christ. We are to be born again in Christ Jesus. We're dead to the world but alive in Christ. We're dead to sin, but we're alive to Christ. So we are not separated to death and to stay in death. We're separated to life and to stay in life and life more abundantly. And that kind of separation is a good separation. But God is saying has he, God, ever been divided? Has God ever been separated into pieces or broken into pieces? No, because he's solid. He's pure. He's holy. He's unmovable, unchangeable. There is no changing. He, he, he never changes. God is God. And he's never changed. He's never varied. He's never wavered from the left to the right he is always steadfast always 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 perfect always holy all right i'm sorry turn with me to first corinthians um one first corinthians chapter one and we're going to look at verse 13 maybe you're already there first corinthians chapter one verse 13 is I love the Lord. The scripture says, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? 
was pastor crucified for you? Was apostle crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of the apostle Paul? Were you were you baptized in the Jordan River? Were you baptized? Did you get to walk over there and and get to peek into the tomb? You know, are, are you more holy because is the body of Christ divided? Let's go backwards a little bit and see what Paul's talking about here. Verse um, 9. I want to, I'd like to pick up in verse 9. God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Who called you? God. How? By the Holy Ghost. Scriptural teaching teaches us that no man comes to the Son, but by the Spirit, the Holy Ghost drawing them, and no man or person comes to God, but by Christ. There's a an order of things. And so he says, you were called into the fellowship of the Son of the Lord Jesus Christ from God. Verse 10, now I beseech you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you speak all the same thing and that there be no divisions among you. Are you part of the body of Christ? But that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. The Lord blessed me this morning, early this morning, to be talking to a lot of different young moms and talking to them about um bringing up your children and there's a lot of you know there's a lot of information out there and there are a lot of things that are that come up before our faces daily especially you know especially um I don't want to say especially young people because I see a lot of everybody on the different age groups and different places and different every walk of life it seems people have access to constantly being seeing these um medias whether it's social media, whether it's radio, whether it's TV, it's there, it's in your face constantly. People put down social media, but then they'll stare at the television all day long or have the TV going in the background, but then they don't want, um, they, oh, we, we don't, we don't do that. You know, <sighs> let me get off of that. So when we are thinking about what we're seeing here and I, I, God has really been driving this home over the past several months during this lockdown and during the shutdown then the time of stay home orders and things like that and suggestion that you stay home and stay safe all that stuff that in that time you are to be sitting down with your family and you are to be yes you should be listening to your um your podcast on sunday mornings your family should come together just as you would normally come to church set up aside a time sometime you know usually sunday is the day that every most everybody's off work so everybody gets together around the podcast because we don't we can't do um streaming video but you can do the podcast if you have to run up run up uh, the hill and get signal to download it you know do that because this is important god is speaking to his people and we need to hear what god is saying to us and so in this time he has said and you're coming in and you're going out and you're sitting down and rising up when you sit down to the table scripture tells us i believe it's in deuteronomy and again and again that you sit down and you tell your children of the goodness of god you teach them and instruct them you don't point your finger at them you're not wagging your finger and telling them how bad they are and how they need to do this and they need to do that and they should have done this and they should have done that no does god speak to you that way maybe he does 
But what he does is he speaks to us in a loving, caring way. And he shows us the way to go. The Holy Ghost leads us and he guides us. Do you see the beauty in those two words of being led and guided? If you were blindfolded and you couldn't see, like really good blindfold, you could no light could get in, you had the blindfold around your eyes, you couldn't see anything, and someone took you to trying to think of a place that's really some place you'd never been. Let's just put it that way. Some place you'd never been. Maybe a big mall or a big uh even a cathedral, I don't know, some place you'd never been. Down to the canyons. <laughs> That's where I would be messed up. Okay, so somebody takes you blindfolded down to the canyons and you're not familiar with how things feel under your feet. Like I would be kind of thrown off by that, okay? So somebody takes you blindfolded down to a canyon that you have never been in before. So if you're from the 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 west, maybe they take you to somewhere in the east. Or if you're from the east, they take you to somewhere in the west. Or they take you down to, I don't know, Africa. Someplace you've never been and you're blindfolded. And they tell you, okay, now you have 15 minutes to get from point A to point B. And you don't know which way to go. You don't know which way to turn. And someone comes alongside you, takes you by the hand, and leads you and guides you. Or they can stand at the top of the canyon and scream at you and shake their finger at you and say, you know what? Turn left. No, no, no. Turn left. I said go left. What are you, stupid? Turn and go that way. No. Holy Ghost comes alongside you. If you are filled with the Holy Ghost, he's in you and he directs your footsteps. And the word says that you will hear his voice behind you. Meditate on that for a little while. He, you will hear his voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, right? He leads us and he guides us. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Everything that God does is a pattern and an instruction for us to learn from and how we should conduct ourselves. So here Paul is teaching the Corinthians something about how to conduct themselves within the church, within their community, within their families. There should be no division. Amen. Look at verse 11. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. There, you, you guys are quarreling. There's fussing. There's quarreling going on. Verse 12. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, and I am of Cephas, and I am of Christ, and I'm Cephas being Peter. You know, so many people are, oh, well, I've been here, and I've done that, and I went to this church, and I went to that church, you know, and I went to the great church of the blah, 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 and, and I used to go to the, the church over in this big city, and it was really super fancy, and, and now here I am, and, and I, I'm just so much more special than you are because I've been there and done that, and you didn't. You know what? Holy Ghost transcends space and time. Holy Ghost can take you anywhere, anytime, if we will allow him. A sister was giving me a, a, a sharing a testimony with me today. I, we're going to run a little long, so I might stop this and start a second part. But this sister was telling us that um, she was driving back from a ministry situation where they had been um, actually in the mission field and working on something here in the States. And they were working on a project. She and her husband both were ministers of God. 
and um, she was driving back by herself and she began to pray and when she began to pray she knew she was aware that she was behind the steering wheel she was aware that she was driving she was aware of the road and the things around her but she was also in another country speaking and preaching in another language as she prayed in tongues in the Holy Ghost she saw herself she she out of her own eyes she could see the people she saw people repenting she saw people healed God is not a respecter of persons he does not care if you have the finest clothes he does not care she wasn't driving and I don't know what year it was let's just say it was 1967 she wasn't driving a 1967 Cadillac or a 1967 Mustang straight off the showroom floor. She was driving an old pickup truck. I think. I think it was a pickup truck. She was, Yeah, she was driving an old pickup truck. She probably had her work clothes on. God honors and respects the condition of your heart. He knows you. He knows your ways. He knows everything about you. Nothing is hidden from him. He is not divided, and we are not to be divided. He calls us to live peaceably with all people as much as possible. The scripture says it like that. As much as you possibly can, live peaceably with all people. We are to be examples of who God is. I'm speaking to born-again, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost Christians today. You are to be an example to others of who Christ is. The way Holy Ghost speaks to you, that's how you should speak to your children. The way Holy Ghost speaks to you is how we need to speak to our spouses. The way Holy Ghost speaks to us is how we need to speak to the waitress. The way the Holy Ghost speaks to you is how you need to speak to that person who just ran off the road and smashed all your flowers what you know in those moments in every moment in every season we are to let the holy ghost speak to be slow the scripture says to speak and quick to listen slow to speak and quick to hear lord what are you saying about this let me hear what this person has to say and i want to hear what you're saying what would you have me to say how would you father how would you have me to respond to this soul, this created soul, created for purpose, created for plan, every single person we come in contact with? Lord, help us. You are not divided. Let us not be divided. Let us know you in your wholeness. Let us be made whole by your spirit, by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are made whole. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, our Sar Shalom. He is our all in all. If we trust in Him and put our full faith and confidence again, you know, the Lord is telling us something. We need to incline our ear and hear what He's saying today. I'm going to hit the pause button or stop button. Tune back in for part two. I love you all. God bless. Okay, welcome back. This is part two of Hath God Been Perez? <laughs> Perez, Perez. We are just finishing up in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 13. And we're in for where, where Paul says to the Corinthians, Is Christ 
divided. Is Christ divided? The word Christ there is um, used on purpose. He could have said, is Jesus divided? But no, he said, is Christ divided? Why? Because Christ is Messiah. Christ is your Savior. Is your Savior the one and only the way, the truth, and the life divided? No, he is not. He is He is constant. He is steady. He is steadfast. He is unmovable, unwavable, un, unshakable. He is everything that we should be as a body of Christ. He is everything that we should be as calling ourselves Christians. Okay, so turn with me, here we go, to Mark chapter 3 verse 24. This is good, good, good. Mark chapter 3, verse 24. He says, um, are we going to start in 24? No, we're going to back up a little bit to... I really want to read the whole chapter. You know I do. Mm. We'll, we'll, we'll just pick up in verse 22. Um, so Mark chapter 3, verse 22. Turn with me to there. And then um, we're also going to be back in the book of Psalms in just a few minutes. And we're going to wrap it up from uh, Malachi, I think. So, just to give your, your brain a chance to soak that up. Okay, so here we go. Mark chapter 3, verse 22. And the scribes which came down from Jerusalem said... Now, the scribes are the ones who um, their job was to write down everything that was being said in the, the, in the temple. All the laws, all the rules even the meetings that came together. They were the secretaries, so to speak, of the uh, temple in Jerusalem. So and th so when they um, saw something going on, they would go and take notes and they would write down what was happening. So lots of times the scribes would show up to see what this Jesus, this this man from Nazareth, what he was up to and where the uh, where the Pharisees were going. What's going on over there? What's this conversation about? So it was their job to be a, to write these things down. That's where we get the word scribble. And the scribes which came down from Jerusalem said, He hath Beelzebub. Who's Beelzebub? It tells you in the sentence. You have context clues. And by the prince of the devils casteth he out devils. So they're saying that Jesus has the devil. That's <laughs> so funny to me. Anyway, they they said, "Look at look at him. Jesus has the devil, and by the prince of devils, he's casting out devils." And he called them unto him, Jesus did, and he said to them in a parable. He asked them a question. How can Satan cast out Satan? Can you cast out your own self? I guess you you could you could open the door and kick yourself out. <laughs> that how can Satan cast out Satan? If Satan wants to be possessing a person, how can he cast himself out? And if a kingdom, verse 24, be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. I'm going to read it again. If a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. What kingdoms do you belong to today? The kingdom of God. Hopefully, you know, I trust that you don't belong to the kingdom of Satan. I hope. If you do, it's, you can repent right now and give your life to the Lord. And Jesus will kick out Satan. Amen. Praise God. 
So he says in verse 24, And if kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. You know, another place that says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. We cannot be double-minded. If, our, if we know you not that you are the temple of the living God, if you're this house, this temple that you live in, this body is divided against itself, it cannot stand. If you think about that kind of in natural um, terms, when a person gets um, really, really sick, say, I'm not going to call any diseases, but just say that their body gets really, really sick. Their immune system gets um, hyper-confused, I guess the, the way I can best can say it. And their immune system actually begins, it's trying to fight off the disease or whatever the attack is on the body, but it, but it begins to attack the body itself. A house divided cannot stand. A wise woman builds up the house. A foolish woman plucks it down with her hands. Proverbs. We are not to be a house divided. A house divided cannot stand. You know, I might have some people listening from South Carolina, and it's always bothered me to see those bumper stickers or those t-shirts that say a house divided on them, like it's something good because one person in the house uh, supports the Carolina football team and the other uh, person in the house supports the Clemson football team. I personally, and I'm not saying it's a sin to wear this shirt, okay? You know, I have my own convictions about these things, about football and whatnot, but I don't think we should take the scripture out of context like that and use it to glorify football. I don't think that we should be proud if our house is divided, even if it is over football. Just want to throw that out there. I'm not saying if you're a Clemson fan and, and she's a Carolina fan that you guys should, you know, stop being Clemson and Carolina, but stop promoting division. That's what I'm saying. Please, we should not be divided. How about we live together in harmony? Yeah, she likes Clemson. I like Carolina, but we stand because we are united in Christ. Amen. All right. This divided house is not divided at all. If it's divided over a football team, Somebody need to repent. That's all I'm saying. Okay, let's get back to verse 25. And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. The devil does is going about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He is a destroyer. He is seeking to um, deceive. He is the, the deceiver. He is the father of lies. And so if you allow one little thing to be division in your house... And I'm not saying you have to be a control freak, okay? I'm not, I'm not calling out control freaks today. I'm not calling you out to try to control your family and keep them under your thumb. What I am saying is that you don't glorify division. You should not uh, give a toehold or any space to the enemy, ever. You don't willingly, knowingly give space up to the enemy. Verse 26. And if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand, but hath an end. If Satan rises up against himself and he is divided, he cannot stand. He will come to an end. 
Verse 27, no man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he will first bind that strong man, and then he will spoil the house. Are you going to give space to division? Division, division grieves the Spirit of God. He's not divided. He's not divided. God is a God of unity. The opposite of division is unity. To uh, bring together, to repair, to remember, repairer of the breach, to repair, to unite, to bind together, to... When I looked at the word separate, there were, you know, like you separate uh, um, an egg. You separate the egg yolk from the, the white to make certain concoctions in the kitchen. And the opposite of that in that in that usage is to mix or to blend. We should not be divided over races. You know, there's really, truthfully, if you look at the word race, there's only one race. It's the human race. This word um, that's being thrown around so much today is probably, I forget how many years old it is, the way that we use the word race. It didn't even used to be a word used like this. Racism wasn't even a thing, um, a word. <laughs> if, if you're a racist, then you're racist against yourself. And what does that mean? That means a house divided cannot stand. How do I mean to speak on race today? But God knows what he's doing. Holy Ghost knows exactly what he's doing. He knows who's listening today. And God is not about division. He is not divided. He created every single human. Every single human. If you, if you go out today or if you see people today, whether you see them on television or the internet or you look out your window or you go outside for a walk, whatever. If you see people today, and you see people who are not like you. In other words, they're not the same color of skin. They don't have the same kind of hair. Maybe their eyes are a different color. Maybe they dress differently. Maybe they talk different. Maybe they speak a different language. Maybe they have, like me, they have a really interesting um, accent. It's okay. They're still God's children. All souls are His, the scripture says. That He created Humanity, he created humans in his likeness and image. Male and female created he them. God's will has never been for division. God's will has never been for us to try to say, I, I actually, somebody told me this, I'm going to share this with you. Someone told me that as a young native woman, young, young native lady, that, um, the Lord had spoken to her about something, and she went to her pastor. Her pastor was from another state, another place. wasn't She wasn't native. Let me just put it that way. She wasn't native to the area. She wasn't the same as her. And when she went to her pastor and told her that God had spoken to her about something, the pastor, this lady, she said to her, Well, honey, God doesn't speak to Indians. 
That's a lie. Straight out of hell. That's division. That is division. God calls us to come together in the name of Jesus Christ. To come together in the spirit, in the bond of unity. There are going to be people that will not submit. There are going to be people who want to continue to do things their own way. And we can't make, you know, every single person has their own free will. You can't make them do what you want them to do. God himself will not make people do what they don't want to do. He gives us a free will. Why? Because he wants us to love him and to serve him without division. He wants us to love him and to serve him without wavering. He wants us to love him in faith, full of faith, to put our faith in him and to know him. So he doesn't force anyone to do anything. Look at verse 28. Jesus said, and I think I've told you this before, but if you're not familiar with my um, teaching and what, I'll say it again. That when Jesus says verily, it means truly, I speak an everlasting truth to you because Jesus is truth and every word that he spoke was true everything that he does was true he never spoke a word that wasn't true and Jesus is everlasting to everlasting he is the Prince of Peace he is part of the God the Trinity Godhead amen okay so when Jesus speaks he speaks everlasting truth when he says verily it means truly He's reminding you. He's imperatively telling you. I'm telling you this everlasting truth. Verily I say unto you. All sins shall be forgiven unto the sons of men. And blasphemies wherewith soever they shall blaspheme. 29. But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost. Hath never forgiveness. But is in danger of eternal damnation. Because they have said. He hath an unclean spirit. That's why he said it. Jesus said that because those guys, the Pharisees and the scribes, said he hath an unclean spirit. It was actually the scribes right there, wasn't it? Yeah, the scribes said he hath an unclean spirit. Because they said that, Jesus said what he said in verse 29. Because Jesus was the Christ. And Jesus was full of Holy Ghost. There came then his brethren, Jesus' brother and Jesus' mother, and standing without, outside the place where they were, maybe outside the crowd, they sent unto him, calling him. So they asked someone, can you go get Jesus for us? Verse 32. And the multitude sat about him, and they said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren without, they're seeking for you. And Jesus answered them and say, said to them, Who is my mother or who my brethren? Who is my family? Who is my mother? Who is my brother? And he looked round about on them which sat about him and he said, He looked about all those people who were following him. All those people who were following him and seeking truth, seeking to know more of Jesus, more of God, more of his will. 
he looked out across all of them and said, Behold, behold, my mother and my brethren. Here they are. This is my mom. This is, you are my brothers. You're my mothers. You're my brothers. For whosoever shall do the will of God, the same is my brother and my sister and my mother. God is not Perez. God is not divided. God is not divided against himself. He has never been divided. He will not be divided. He will not be separated. He will not be shaped and formed into anyone else's plan. He, you, we are to submit and fit into his plan. His plan is perfect. His plan is great. His plan is his. <laughs> and there's nothing else like it. Why? Remember he told the man of God, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Why do we wrestle in the hands? Why do we squirm in God's hands and his perfect plan? Why can't we rest in it? Sons, daughters, rest in it today. Rest in his goodness. Rest in his plan. Rest knowing that he's got tomorrow in his hands. He saw your yesterday. He's been there. He knows exactly what happened. He knows what's happening right now in you. And he wants to heal every wound every single wound he wants to heal he has everything that you have need of it's all in him there's nothing hidden from him nothing hidden nothing is hidden from him he sees it all and he loves us still he sees it all and he wants to unite us still he wants us united back to him in, in the most holy union, he wants to be your God forever. He wants to be your protector, your guider, your lover of your soul. The one who takes the most deepest interest in you than anyone could ever. That is our God. Okay, let's look at Psalm 147, verse 3. We're wrapping it up. We're not done yet, but we're wrapping it up. We're getting closer. 147, verse 3. He says in the Psalms, Psalm 147, verse 3. He healeth the broken in heart and binds up their wounds. Let's look at verse 1. Start from verse 1. Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto the God, unto our God. For it is pleasant, and praise is comely or um, appropriate. He is worthy of our praise. Verse 2, the Lord doth build up Jerusalem. He gathereth together the outcasts of Israel. He gathers his people together. He heals the broken in heart and binds up their wounds. He telleth the number of the stars and he calls them by their names. Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. The Lord lifteth up the meek. He casts out the wicked down to the ground sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving sing praise upon the harp unto our God and this goes on this is such a great a great psalm of praise and worship to who he is but he is not divided and he would not have you to be divided against yourself he would not be have you to be divided let's look at this in steps he would not have you his creation his cre his created most prized, loved, beloved. He would not have you 
to be divided against yourself. He would have you to be made whole. He would have you in shalom. Complete wholeness. He would not have your relationship with godly, your godly relationships, your home, your family. He would not have you divided. He would, his will is for unity. His will is for that shalom to be in your home. He, he to rule and to reign in your home, but for your home, your family to experience and to walk in and to live and to revel in life and life more abundantly, that you have that shalom in all of you, that you're not divided against one another. God does not want you to be pitted against one another. Jesus said that when he came and he brought the, the word of God, that it would set family member against family member. But that's because there are people who refuse to accept Jesus Christ and people who accept Jesus Christ. And it, we've seen, we see that a lot in our culture here um, where people become, um, they come into the understanding of who Jesus Christ is. They become born-again Christians. They accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And now their family says, well, we don't want to have anything to do with you. And that's that's that kind of division. But that's not, you know, God's God didn't, God wants the whole family to be saved. His desire is for all of them to be saved. So sometimes we have to go through that period to get to the other side, but he is always with you. And he gives you that shalom, that peace, that wholeness. You know, the word shalom means complete wholeness. It means um, that you're, everything about you is in alignment with the Prince of Peace. Jesus said, peace I have, peace I give unto you. Receive it. So he says, um, it, he wants you then he wants your household, and then, of course, your church family, that there should not be division amongst us, that we need to come together in the bond of unity of, of the Spirit and hear what the Spirit is saying to the body of Christ. Jesus is, really is coming soon. And I had, I had a brother tell me the other day that, and he's probably in his 60s, that his mother used to say, I've always heard that, I've heard it all my life, and, you know, when is he coming? And so what he was kind of saying was something um. Uh, another young man has been saying to me lately is that when you, you know, a, a child um, says, you know, you hear, you even hear kids in the store these days. Um, I think a lot of it came from a, a, a cartoon or something, but the kids go, mom, 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 mom. Guess what? Eventually mom's not hearing that anymore. It's kind of like the birds singing in the trees or the clock ticking in the room that eventually you begin to not even acknowledge it, not even hear it. And so, um, we should be careful to incline our ears to what God is saying and not tune out what he is saying. He is telling us to come together. He is telling us to unite. He is telling us that your house cannot stand if there's division, but he wants us to come together and be like him and understand that he, that this is so many levels that this message is is reaching out on that God is not divided that the the even you know if we were to teach on the trinity today and the the trinity godhead the godhead of that father son and holy ghost they're not divided they are one all three in one 
that that they are not divided. Should they be divided, it would not they would not be God. It would not be God. God is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, and you can't separate them. You can't divide them. You can't pit them against one another. He is un. He is. They have perfect unity. Perfect unity. Look at um, Malachi four six. <clears throat> Malachi. It's near the, right near the, um, New Testament there. Always. Let's see. Malachi four and six. <clears throat> we will not be. Amen. We let's agree together today that we will not be divided. That we will submit to. The Lord's will, the Lord's plan. We will incline our ears. We will seek His face. A lot of people today, um, even this day, this very day, are uh, aligning themselves with a certain um, well-known ministry and and submitting to a, a prayer and fasting time. I, I I declare unto you, the Lord has been calling you to prayer and fasting for months. <clears throat> we need to be seeking God's face. Like never before. We should be able to hear God's voice better than we did in April. You should be able to hear God's voice better than you did in January. I'm not I'm not wagging my finger. I'm saying we, all of us, should be able to hear the voice of God better than we did a month ago. We should be getting closer and closer. If that's not what's happening, <clears throat> let us endeavor today. Let us commit today to seek His face more to sit in his presence more, to come into his presence with thanksgiving and praise. Let me just give you, let me just drop this in your in, in, in the middle of this message right now. That to get into his presence, to come into that place, <clears throat> the Holy of Holies is not something that that he's he doesn't have his the veil up anymore. He doesn't have his hand up saying you can't come in here. He invited you in by the blood of Jesus Christ. So what do you do? How do we do this, Pastor? What are we supposed to do? Take them time. Set that time apart. Sit down with your Bible. Sit down with your headphones if you need to. Put the music on. It doesn't matter what time of day or night it is. It can be 3 a.m. That's a good time. Put the headphones on. Begin to worship. It doesn't matter if you start praying in tongues and you wake the whole house up. Glory to God. Glory to God. If your kids, if your babies learn to hear you praying in tongues, if they hear you crying out and calling their name before the Lord, great. If your husband hears you in there pounding on the floor and crying out for your marriage, great. If your children hear it and they come alongside you and they get down on the floor and they start praying too, (laughs) glory to God. Wake the house up. It's okay. Don't worry about that. Seek God while he may be found. Jesus is coming soon. He is looking for a people who are ready. 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 Look at verse 4. Chapter 4. I'm in Micah. I'm supposed to be in Malachi. (laughs) Malachi. Malachi chapter 4. I'm sorry. I apologize. We should be seeking God in a way that we have never sought him before. I don't care how old you are, how young you are, how, how how close you feel to God or how far away you feel from God. Right now, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of commitment. Make today, make this moment your moment of decision. You're changing and you're moving in the right direction. No more wavering. No more looking to the left or right. No more backbiting. No more bitterness. 
throw it all at the cross. Throw it all at his feet. Cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. He will take, he has already, his hands are wide open waiting for you to let go of all this junk and let him heal you from the inside out. Mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, every which way he will. Amen. Praise God. All right. Malachi 4 verse 6. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Okay, now let's go back and read the whole thing. For behold, verse 1, For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. Be united in Christ. Be united to the Lord God. Do not be divided. And that day shall come and burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go up and go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. A calf of the stall is the ones who grow up like in the king's corpse. They get the best of the food. They get the best grooming. They get the best of everything. The calves of the stall. Not the skinny ones that are out there wandering around trying to find some, some brush to eat. These calves are fed the best of the best. These calves are given the best of care. They are sheltered from the storm. They are... They, they they don't have um, flies biting them all up. They have every protection, every opportunity, every good thing given to them. That is us. That is the family of God. Read verse 2 with me again. But unto you that fear my name. Do you fear the name of God this morning? Do you reverence him? Do you have the utmost respect for the for Father God? Do you Do you know in whom you have believed today? But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings. He's speaking of Jesus Christ himself. He has healing. Healing in his wings. What does that mean? Jesus didn't have wings. Well, it means that as when he rose again, when he when he gave his back to the to the cat of nine tails, when he was whipped and beaten. For every affliction. So many times we think of this as um, diseases. Major diseases. But it's every affliction. Everything. Everything. Every wound. Everything that needs healing. It's in him. When, a, when those crows out here. Those big black crows fly over. You can hear their wings go. Right? When an eagle flies. It's almost. They're so high up, I, I don't know if I've ever heard an eagle take off. <clears throat> but their wings are so big, and it pushes the, the wind down. It pulls the wind back up, and it pushes the wind down. And it pulls the wind back up, and there's a sound in that. And in that pushing and pulling, in that ebb and flow of the Spirit of God, is healing in the presence of Jesus Christ. 
in the presence of our Lord. The healing is in there. There used to be a song, an old lady used to come to one of our churches and she's saying, come on in the room, come on in the room because healing is in the room. Healing is in his presence. Amen. And ye shall go forth and grow up as tough, strong, meaty, muscly, healthy, beautiful, wonderful calves of the stall. Verse 3, And you, you shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be under as they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, says the Lord. You shall tread down the, the wicked. If we will be in Christ Jesus and we will stay in Christ Jesus and we will allow God to be God in our lives, then this will be so. Verse 4, Remember you the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Oreb for all of Israel. And we are grafted in. We are born again and grafted into the body of Christ and counted as his own. We are adopted by the spirit of adoption into God's family. So when he speaks to them, he speaks to us and he says, with statute with the statutes and the judgments verse 5 behold i will send you elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the lord and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children the spirit the same spirit that was upon elijah will be upon this this, this prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the lord that spirit is here Jesus is here. The presence and the power of God, the anointing, that same anointing that was on Elijah is here and it shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children. Right now we're looking out there in the world and the hearts of the fathers is wicked. I'm not talking about in the tr- in the body of Christ, of course. The true body of Christ, the hearts of the fathers is to the children. But in this world, the hearts of the fathers is wicked. It's perverse. It's sick. And the whole head is sick in this world. Because who is the father of this world? The New Testament, the Bible tells us that the the father of this world is Satan. The ruler of this world is Satan. The principalities and powers of the air, satanic. But we are in Christ Jesus, and therefore we do not fear, for he has overcome the world. He is infinite and everlasting. And our everlasting father, our savior Jesus Christ, by the power of the blood and through the power of the Holy Ghost, that creative same power that created the heavens and the earth, the same power that rose Jesus from the grave is the same power that that works that salvation in you by the blood of Jesus Christ through the blood of Jesus Christ. He sees it and he applies that 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 transformation that makes you a new creature. And he says that he, that same one, we are in Christ Jesus. And so the hearts of the fathers in Christ Jesus are turned toward the children, to the children, and the hearts of the fathers are softened to the children as the heart of Father God is soft to you. We do not want the wrath of God. We seek God's grace. We seek God's love. We seek to be in the shadow of his wings. We seek to hear him sing over us. We seek, we know that in Christ Jesus we have these things. And if we have these things in Christ Jesus, then we also transpose them into our families and into our household and into our work and into every aspect of our lives. 
The love of God is in us. It should flow out of us. If that's not happening, that's where we need to get back into the... We all need to get into the presence of God more. And we need to allow the love of God to flow through us and out into this this world of lost and dying people. People are dying and going to hell even as we speak. Please hear what the word of God is saying this morning. God is not. God is not divided. He is not. He is healer. He is shalom. He is the one that God, he says, I am the God that healeth thee. He will use you if you will allow him, if you will submit to him. Let God use you. First, get into his presence and let him fill you. Let him heal you. Let him let him minister to you. Let those angels, he has ministering angels. Let his angels minister to you. Let his spirit minister to you. Seek God today while he may be found. Seek our perfect and whole and complete God today. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Seek him today. Father God, we thank you this morning, today. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, as I hear the wind whipping around outside the building, Father, I'm just reminded of your presence, your, your, your Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost, have your way. Lord, you said at the beginning of this, this um, part one that your word would not go out void. And Father, we thank you, God, for your word going out and accomplishing that what you sent it to do, to prosper in the thing for which you sent it, Lord, by your spirit. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your spirit, O oh Lord. Touch and heal your people today. Heal, be healed. Be healed. Receive what God has for you today. He He loves you so much. He cares for you so much. Just let the presence of God move in your life right now. Let the Holy Ghost move. Let Him do what He, he does. He is healer. He is creator. He is, he is working in you right now. Just let it do what it needs to do. Go ahead and cry it out. Go ahead and pour your heart out to the Lord. Tell him all about it. Father God is listening. Father God is listening. His arms are outstretched to you. He pulls you into his presence. He holds you in his big loving arms. And he cares for you more than anyone could ever. Receive his healing. Receive the Holy Ghost. Receive it all. Receive all Father has for you today. In Jesus' name, have your way, Lord. Amen.